And good afternoon, Anteater fans, and welcome to the Blue and Gold Report. We've got a great show for you today. Basketball season is right around the corner, and we had a chance to sit down with women's head coach Doug Oliver last week. Well, this week it's the men's turn, and we'll have an in-depth conversation with head coach Russ Turner in his third year with the UC Irvine program. We'll then talk to women's golfer Michelle Park, who had a fantastic finish in Washington and is a candidate for Big West Golfer of the Month. As always, the Blue and Gold Report airs Tuesdays at 5 p.m. on KUCI 88.9 FM and the web. To listen live, go to ucirvinesports.com slash bgreport and click on the Listen Live link at the top of the page. Fans, if you have a question you'd like to ask our guests, email us at blueandgoldreport at yahoo.com or tweet your question to at UCI Athletics and use the hashtag bgreport. Again, that's at UCI Athletics, hashtag BG report, and we'll try to get as many questions read on the air during the hour. We open up the show with a recap of action last week in UCI athletics. Scott Juniper's women's soccer team emerged as the winner in another epic battle against Long Beach State as Rachel Wood put away a penalty kick in double overtime for 1 0 triumph. The black and blue rivalry win puts the Anteaters in a tie for second place in the Big West at 5 1 1 following a win by Cal State Northridge Sunday. The men's soccer team fell twice in conference action, losing to UC Riverside 4-1 and Cal State Northridge 2-1. Women's volleyball also suffered a pair of losses after being swept by San Diego State, a future Big West member, and Long Beach State last week. Marissa Bubica sparked the Anteater offense with 31 kills and a 342 hitting percentage over the two matches. Mark Hunt's sixth-ranked Anteaters lost to number 3 UC Santa Barbara 13-7. Boyan Herlick led the team with three goals, while Michael Bailey posted six saves in the cage. In a women's cross-country, the Anteaters finished third of 11 teams in the Titan Invitational at Cal State Fullerton Friday. UC Irvine posted 73 points and was led by Camille Marone, who came in 13th in the field of 126 runners over 5,000 meters. Teammate Courtney Wilson was right behind Camille in 14th place. On the men's side, Blake Wanzer was the top UC Irvine runner in Fullerton, finishing 38th in the 8,000-meter course. Calvin Tan was 61st as UC Irvine finished 5th with 112 points. Jacob Jung, a sophomore on the men's tennis team, posted two upsets in the USTA-ITA West Regional Championships at Anteater Tennis Stadium last week. Jung went three sets to defeat Max DeVroom of USC, one of the top-ranked freshmen in the nation. He followed that performance with a sweep of 7th-seeded John Brooklyn to reach the quarterfinal before finally falling to 13th-seeded Thorsten Birch. 16th-seeded Tyler Pham has reached the semifinal round of the consolation bracket, which will be played as we tape today. He and fellow freshman Carl Hernandez both reached the quarterfinals with Pham breaking through with a straight-set victory. Fans, Jung... A sophomore, Tyler and Carl, both freshmen, a very talented group that is brought in by Trevor Cronman. So stay tuned for action in the spring from men's tennis. And in women's tennis, Maravik Mamit and Sarah Stadfelt reached the quarterfinals as one of the final eight teams on the double side in the USTA-ITA West Regional in San Diego. The duo defeated pairs from UCLA, Arizona, and Pepperdine en route to the quarters. Eight of the nine Anteater single players reached the round of 64 with Mamit and Christina Smith continuing on to the round of 32 before ending their weekends. And that wraps up the action last weekend in Anteater Sports. Anteater fans, this is Kristen Winkler from the women's volleyball team. Catch the action on campus this week as we host Pacific and UC Davis this Friday and Saturday at 7 o'clock in Crawford Court. 
For soccer fans, the women's soccer team plays Cal Poly Friday at 7 and UC Santa Barbara Sunday at 1. Both matches are at Anteater Stadium, so come out and support and be a part of Eater Nation. And welcome to the Blue and Gold Report. Today we have Russ Turner, third-year head coach at UC Irvine. Russ, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for me for having me. <laughs> um, 2012-2013, what are your thoughts going into this season? You went from being one of the youngest teams in the nation last year to being pretty veteran. That's got to give you some peace of mind. Yeah, yeah, peace of mind, I guess. Um, it is. It is nice to be working with the guys that we have. And you mentioned that we are more of a veteran team now. We are. We got four seniors, and and those guys have done a good job. They've worked really hard in the off season. Uh, they've shown a lot of physical toughness, which is important for our team to more clearly establish. You know, and it's not just been them. I think all of our guys who've been in in the program are better as far as that stuff goes. And I'll give credit for you know to our training staff, our athletic training staff, our strength and training staff. That's they've both done a good job, and our guys have made progress. We are going to continue with many of the things that we did from last year that we we showed we could be good at and I think that because of that that we're way ahead of where we were this time last year and I'm relieved about that but that certainly doesn't guarantee us anything you know and and we we are also making some changes especially on the defensive side of the ball that I think is going to help us you know so we've been learning a new mode of playing there that uh, that I think will will play better to our personnel strengths. Do you remember last year when you were going into the year and you were thinking, gosh, I have a bunch of young guys on my team, and how are we going to get put this team together quickly? Because you really had to. You had a, a pretty yeah. good schedule. You were going to dive yeah. right into <laughs> you know, Big West Conference play with a right. very good Long Beach State, UC Santa Barbara team. What were your thoughts before you went into that season, knowing you didn't have quite the experience you wanted? Well, I mean, it was... Uh I mean, we were realistic, but you know, we wanted to also project confidence for those young guys, as we knew that was important. And it worked out about the way, you know, we thought it might, and, and that it probably should have. You know, going this time last year, I didn't know if I was going to have Adam Fulker at all. You know, so I thought that at this time last year, I was looking at starting two freshman big guys, and you know, it was just a lot more unknown about that group than there is now, and, and that is a different feeling. You know, there's you know, we we haven't got this year all figured out either because we have an influx of uh, young talent again, uh, but we do know some guys we can count on. And that uh, that is a luxury, I guess, that I haven't had in either of my other two years. Uh, for that reason, I'm more confident. you know. And I think our expectations as a team and as individuals are different now than they were last year. And that's also good, uh, but it'll be harder to meet the expectations. You know, last year, expectations were really, really low from a lot of folks. Um, so there was no pressure on us. And it's easy then you know, to, to only focus on getting better. Now we've got to focus on getting better and we've got to focus on performing. And I'm eager to see how our whole group responds to those challenges. You talked a little bit about, you know, the big guys you had last year, and you've worked really hard at adding height to your roster. Um, Mike Best comes back. Yeah. He's 6'10". John Ryan is now eligible, 6'10". Um, Connor Clifford tops the team at 7 feet. How does that height added, um, play into your running gun style that you were implementing the first two years? <laughs> Yeah, good question. A lot of people have asked that. I mean, I think it'd be wrong to assume that we're just going to continue to play exactly the same style. You know, we played a style that was necessitated by the people we had. And, uh, you know, we're still going to continue to be up-tempo when we can. You know, the best time to attack offensively is when the defense is in retreat. So we're going to look for those opportunities every chance we can get. But now we have other ways that we can be more balanced. And the size that you alluded to is something I think is going to help us. Really, you know, on defense – 
more than on offense, but also on offense because a couple of the guys that we have now, I believe, can score with you know you know when they have the ball close to the basket. Going into last season, I didn't know if I had anybody who could, and Adam Fulker sort of developed into that guy as the season went on, and he's continued to get better. But now we've got a couple guys we know we can dump it down to and who can create an opportunity for us to score or get fouled, and, and that'll be a lot different. So the tempo, I mean, I'm not worried about what you know how fast we're going to go. I'd emphasize that uh, for a couple reasons my first two years. One was recruiting. You know, we wanted to play a style that would be attractive to, to better players. I think that we've done that. I'm pleased with the job that our staff has done on the recruiting side. And we're still going to be fast, but I don't think we're going to you know, look at being fast even at the expense of some other things, maybe like we have in the past because we wanted to get the culture moved in a different direction. I think we're at that point, and now we've got to get better. You talked a little bit about def- uh, defense, and you were quoted as saying you liked the individual uh, defensive efforts by your guys, but you want to be better as a team. What type of team defensive schemes are you implementing or looking to do this year? Yeah, we're, we're making some changes in our in the in the base half court defense that we're going to play, and that has to do with what I, I believe will be, you know, different personnel packages we can use. I think we're going to have times where we're a lot bigger, you know, and we learned that Will Davis is a difference making shot blocker. I think uh, Mike Best has that potential. You know, Connor's obviously a lot bigger and is going to get some time. You know, so our defensive interior is different. I think what that's going to allow for us to do is be more aggressive on the perimeter and go after teams, push them out a little bit more with the ball, hopefully create some offense with our defense. Last year we were really good defensively, you know, limiting opponents' points in the paint. And that was a big part of what we went into the year knowing our style was going to be because I thought we were going to have young big guys or small big guys. So we did that as a team. And what we were not good at was we didn't create any turnovers and we didn't defend the three well. I think that there'll be an adjustment in how we attack the defensive end this year, and that's what we've been working on now. So you know, the early returns on that are positive. I think our guys all believe in that style as being a better fit for our personnel. How we can execute that will be, you know, will be the question moving forward. You know, we just had our first scrimmage against one another and you know, our effort is good. Our defensive effort is good. Our execution isn't good yet, and and hopefully we can continue to get better every day. Um, let's let's look at your roster. Can you talk about some of the new faces? We've got Dominique Dunning, who yeah. has to sit out. I'm told Connor Clifford has a hook shot. And was that something <laughs> you helped him develop? Did he come in with that? Well, yeah. Okay, if we want to start with Connor, that'd be good. He's a big boy, you know, seven feet and two. He's proud right now because at 255, he's he's come down a little bit. He's gotten in real good shape, and I'll, I'll give him a lot of credit. He came for both sessions of summer school to work on his body. He's an incredibly smart player. He's a smart kid, but he's also a smart player. I think all of us coaches have been pleased with him there because it feels like when we tell him something once, he sometimes looks at us, and it's like it's got to go through the computer in his head. But then once he has it, it's like he has it. And uh, that's not to say he doesn't make some mistakes, but he is very smart. And he does have a hook shot a really effective hook shot that I think he can use against a lot of different players, you know, and it should be something that's effective for him even as even in his first year in the Big West against some other older, bigger guys. I don't know if he can get that off now, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's got a chance to be a, a go-to player in the low post over, over the long term, uh, and I'm excited about that. And I think our players are excited to have that too. The issue for him is just getting his conditioning to the point where he can really keep up over 
the course of extended minutes. But I was pleased with what he showed us in his first scrimmage. You know, he's made a ton of progress. I mean, when he got here, he couldn't even run a nine-minute mile. and He's down near seven minutes, right around the seven-minute barrier oh, now. That's so that's a big improvement. Yeah, it's a huge improvement, especially for a player that size. And I think he's going to continue to get better. So I'm excited for him. Are you are you happy with the footwork? Did did he come in with good good feet? And oh, you want to ask about his footwork because of the <laughs> dance video? I don't know. Um, <laughs> he was yeah, very yeah, no, good in the video. He, he's been he, he's been well he's been well coached, and that's a that's a benefit. You know, we knew that um, when we recruited him because he came from Ocean View High School. He played for Jim Harris, and uh, we knew he had been well coached. There've been a lot of other guys who've I think had a have had a part in his development too, but the improvement that he's made over the last two years has been really remarkable. And he's continued that since he got here. So, you know, our job is going to be to continue to figure out ways to best utilize him and to continue to push him to be better. Um, He's, he's bought into that. You know, he's doing more now nutritionally. He's doing more now in the weight room. He's doing more now with this, you know, his, his rehab and his prehab work with the trainers. So he's got a chance to, to get a lot better in his career here. And I think people, around here really going to be excited to watch him grow and improve. Let's move on to Ege Mala. He's mm-hmm. from Turkey. How did you find him, and what type of skills does he bring to you? Yeah, well, I didn't find him. Ali found him. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's that's an obvious one if you look at our staff and you know our guys well. But uh, Ege is an incredibly young player. He's still only 17. Uh, he's got real good size. He's about my height, and he's a three-man, and, and that's a – that's an international three man. You know, we're trying to figure out now what the best way to utilize him is now. Whether we play him into three or the four for us, his long term position clearly is three, and his feel for the game is exceptional because his dad was a long time pro in Turkey, and that's how Ali and his dad were really well connected. His dad also was the uh, GM for one of the professional teams over there. So this is a basketball player. You know, he has a basketball mind and. An, you know, an ability to affect the game in different ways. Uh, he's going through what is an incredibly difficult adjustment, you know, right. changing cultures and uh, the language barrier and all that. He's a really, really bright kid. Uh, he had nearly a perfect score on his math SAT. So he's a great fit here at Irvine. Uh, but that doesn't mean he hasn't struggled some getting his feet under him, you know, as a as a guy who's new, I mean, completely new, new language, new everything. Um, so we'll see how he does. You know, he... He will. He, what I know about Eggy is going to keep getting better, and um, he's fit in great with our team. He's a really good teammate. Um, I'm excited again for his future, and trying to remind myself that he's only 17. Yeah, that's that's pretty young. Yeah, uh, and it's really young. Jump into D1 <laughs> college, like you said, with all yeah. the changes. Yeah, and physically, I mean, he, you know, physically, he's he's very good right now. He's big. He's strong. He's going to continue to to grow that way, and. You know, as we get a better feel for how best to utilize him, that that'll help him too. Well, he has the basketball IQ. So after that, it'll you know, yeah, it's all gravy. <laughs> no, we we are we are very fortunate to have recruited smart players, and uh, you always try to do that. You always think you're doing that, and at Irvine, you're you're always going to get guys who are smart students. But smart students and smart players are real different things. Um, but we've got some smart players, and, and I'm excited for that. Uh, let's move on to Alex Young. He was mm-hmm. the star of the video. Uh, he a really bright charismatic kid. He was um, the star of the video. I thought he, Connor was. He Connor and Connor and Alex both kind of carried okay. that little segment okay. for us. But Doesn't um, surprise me. Uh, yeah, he's he's got lots of personality. Yes. Yeah. And what type of player is he? Where do you see him? He's um, been well, him? yeah, he, he's he's been an excellent player on both sides of the ball so far and with you know, as practice has started in our scrimmage, he was one of the top performers. 
and I'm excited about you know the different ways that he can impact us. He's physically very strong right now, especially in his lower body, um, which is you know the place where a lot of freshmen struggle to fit in. Um, that means that he's good defensively already, um, you know. And I'm I'm excited about the poise he's shown, the toughness, you know, the physical and mental toughness he's shown. He hasn't been good every day, but uh, the thing I, I feel like I can count on is if he's not good one day, he's going to bounce back next day and, and come in with a little something to prove. That's a, that's a mentality that that I've grown to appreciate over the years I've been in the game. He shoots the ball really well. You know, he's he's looked good so far. And uh, I think his teammates have been impressed. His coaches have been impressed. He's going to push for playing time, no question. Uh, Reed McConnell's also a new face for a lot of Van Eater fans. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about Reed and what he brings to the team this year? Yeah, yeah. Reed's a, Reed's a player who redshirted last year, and uh, you know he becomes eligible. I've known Reed for a long time because he he grew up in uh, Menlo Park where I lived, you know from uh, from 2000 to 2010. So I've known him since he was a little guy. Uh, but he's physically really he really looks good when you see him in his uniform. He's worked hard on his body. He can shoot the ball. He's got a, he's got an ability to be unaffected by the moment that that is really a, a special quality. Like you can bring him off the bench. I think if you bring him right off the bench after you've been sitting there for thirty nine minutes, he gets one shot. He'll probably make it. He's not been practicing yet because he broke his toe, so he's had a bad, a bad little bit of luck with injuries. You know, which hasn't uh, given me a sense yet for where he stacks up in the lineup. But I'm sure glad we got him, and he's fit in well with his teammates. He's really popular with his teammates too, and he catches he catches a little heat from the coaches every now and then. <laughs> we saw a little bit about uh, we saw a bit of Travis Souza last year. Mm-hmm. Um, how has he improved? How what have you liked about his game this year? Well, the, the first thing that he's done, and this was his top priority, I think he's improved his body a lot. You know, he uh, has committed to nutrition and to strength and conditioning, and dramatically changed. The way he looks and and the way he's capable of moving, you know, and um, he was, you know, last year was tough for him because he got injured right away, and um, Ege had a little bit of that happen too. I think Ege was a little bit surprised at the conditioning level of the guys when he got here. So then we're pushing everybody. Ege got had a couple of conditioning related injuries when he started last year. That happened to Travis. This year it hasn't happened to Travis because he's worked really hard, and so he's looked a lot better, you know, this year as a second year player than he did this time. Last year, uh, he's got a great confidence in his game. He's one of our best passers and one of our best shooters. Um, and for those two reasons, there'll be ways for me to figure out how to utilize him at times in the games. Travis needs to get better defensively. And let's round out the list with Colin Woods and Aaron Wright. Okay. Um, Aaron was hurt for a little bit. Colin played yeah. considerable min- minutes yeah, for yeah. UC Irvine. How do they fit into this game? Okay, I'm glad you asked about both. You know, Aaron. A lot of people have asked him about Aaron because he redshirted last year after getting injured in the ninth game. And uh, he's made a good comeback from that injury. Uh, there's nothing that he's doing now that shows any effect of that injury, which is really good. Um, and he's a young kid who's really, really talented and has the ability to make everybody on our team better. And he's done that from the point guard position with his ability to kick the ball ahead. He's a particularly effective pick-and-roll player. Our big guys like playing with him because they don't have to be open for very much time before he gets him the ball. And he's got great size so that he, he's one of our best perimeter defenders, even though at times it looks like he's not the fastest kid. Um, he's got a knack you know, and an elusiveness about the way he moves that's, you know, that's really a pretty special thing when you see it every day. He's 
obviously not had the benefit of all the playing experience that our other freshman got last year because he only played nine games. Uh, but he has, you know, he has the the opportunity this year to really have a special freshman season, a second freshman season, and so I'm excited for him. Colin uh, has been injured for a lot of the uh, a lot of the summer and the early parts of of our training camp, I guess. Uh, so it's hard to get a sense for exactly where he is right now. He hasn't been out there that much. None of the injuries are serious. He had uh, he had a concussion, which I guess was a serious injury, kept him out for a couple of weeks in the summer. He's now he's he's he didn't play in our scrimmage this past weekend because he had a little flare up of his Achilles. But he's one of the most athletic guys we got, and that was clear with his Oktoberfest and his performance in the dunk contest. You know what I think will will be the thing that we see from Colin this year is his confidence will be better. He won't be adjusting to to everything like Ege's doing now, um, and I think he can focus on doing the things that he does best. Last year Colin didn't shoot the ball particularly well. I think he's going to be a lot better because his confidence is better. Uh, part of the reason his confidence is better is because his body's better. He got a lot stronger. Last year he got too thin, uh, lost some weight, and, and we probably didn't recognize that early enough. He spent his off season working hard on improving that. So I think he's going to have a good year too. And then the one guy that we mentioned, we didn't mention who's a newcomer, or I think we mentioned him, but we didn't talk about him much, is Dominique Dunning. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dominique has been excellent. You know, He's really had a strong impact on our team. Even though he won't play this year, adding a kid with his – talent level and his toughness is really really important for us um he you know he pushes guys because physically he's bigger and stronger on the perimeter than than really anybody else who's playing out there and you know he 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 comes from a great high school program where he was really effective and there's a lot of different things that he does have an impact on how the team he's with you know performs on the court you know he makes a lot of plays both on offense and defense that will mean that he fits into our team really well when we have him next year. And he helps us this year. And if you're a faithful Anteater fan, you know the names Mike Wilder, Damon Starring, Derek Flowers, and Adam Folker. Very quickly, what are the expectations that you've placed on your senior class this year? Well, um, those guys all have strong expectations of themselves. And that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's the first thing because those are my four captains. You know, they need to, they need to be great leaders by example and, uh, and walk the walk. There's a lot of pressure on that I know they feel as seniors. You know, it's their last time, and they uh, they want very badly to leave a mark here at UC Irvine and in the basketball program with how they perform together. And uh, that's something that that they've talked a lot about. We've talked a lot about, and that they're backing up right now. And I'm really pleased about it. I don't think any of them's missed a single minute or play in practice. You know, and uh, showing that that showing that physical and mental toughness is a great example for for their young teammates. Each of those guys has the opportunity to affect our team in different ways, um, and I'm pleased with all of them right now. You know, they all uh, they all bring different different things to the table. I guess I should talk for a moment about each one of them and, and where they are. I'll start with Fulker. You know, he was the uh, the hustle player of the year in the conference last year. You know, which says a lot about him. And um, you know, he's he's the hardest worker on our on our team probably, but not by a lot. I mean, all four of those seniors are working really hard. Adam has. Uh, you know he has a great voice for the game. You know, f- with his teammates, he doesn't say a lot all the time, but the things he says go a long way because everybody on his team sees how committed he is, uh, both on and off the floor, um, to doing the things that it's going to take for him and for our team to be successful. I uh, couldn't be much happier with with how you know he's approached everything. You know, he's our best defender on the interior. 
offensively, he's gotten so much better in, in the time that I've been here. And I feel like the way that we play has become a great fit for him. You know, he's a really fine pick-and-roll player now. Uh, he's more effective in the post now than he's ever been in his career here. And that's on the offensive side. He's, we know he's going to work hard and be an offensive rebounder. You know, but defensively, he's been an anchor for us. So I'm really, really happy with, with what he's doing. Damon Starring is also off to a really fine start. And I've told Damon that I expect him to take on more of a scorer's mentality with this team. I think he has the talent to do that. And he really you know, stepped up and, and kind of rescued us last year when we were really struggling by, by merging into that role. And uh, I want him to continue to think that way. At times, I think Damon's a little bit too unselfish on offense, and so I want him to be, you know, aggressive for his own shots. I don't think there's anybody on our team would ever accuse Damon of being selfish, you know, and uh, that's one of the great qualities that he brings. Is he's a he's a he's an outstanding teammate. Um, he has defensive ability as well as offensive ability, and that's what I like about these seniors. They're all good defenders, you know. So Damon is going to have a great year, I think. You know, he's worked really really hard on his jump shot and his ball handling. And he's consistently shot the ball well throughout his career. I think where he's got the opportunity to show the most improvement is in getting to the free throw line mm-hmm. and, and finishing in his shots at the basket and a little bit in the mid-range. But he's worked hard on that all summer. You know, Mike Wilder, I can't say enough about him either. It's it's hard to figure out what order to go in with those guys. I could put any one of those guys first, second, third, fourth, whatever. But Mike has, you know, been incredibly solid for us, you know, we're probably going to use him more as a perimeter player this year okay. than as a post player, which will be a relief to him. But it would be foolish for us to not utilize at times what he gives us as as someone who can guard bigger guys and stretch the floor on offense. Uh, so finding that right balance is going to be a trick. Uh, but clearly he's one of our top perimeter players right now, and that's both on offense and defense. You know, the strength that he has is, uh, is, is hard to measure. You know, he doesn't really have a basketball body. But he has strength in that body that is overwhelming for guys at times, and that's fun to watch. And he's got one of the prettiest jump shots, you know, that that we have in the conference. Um, so we want him to get those shots. We've worked with him on that. He's really committed to making his release quicker and to building a shot fake into his game. So I'm excited with the things that he's doing. And then Derek Flowers is uh, the most positive guy I got on a day to day basis, and uh, that's that's a skill. You know, it's a skill that. That I probably could learn a little bit from, you know. That's not that's not exactly the way I go about everything, but I'm glad that we got Flo doing it that way, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited for for what he can do this year. You know, he's maybe the fastest kid in the league, and uh, he's got the ability to be an incredible pest defensively. You know, really get under guys' skin and make plays, and um, he's developing into a steadier point guard, which is what I've asked for him to do is to mm-hmm. be more conscious of his turnovers. But finding that right you know, finding that right balance is, is tricky because he's got to be aggressive to be good and he's got to be aggressive and confident to make plays. You know, he showed me a lot when, you know, when he went from not starting in the seventh, eighth, ninth game last year to starting the ones right after that and he led us to a couple early conference victories and a player of the player of the week award in the conference and you know, I'm looking for big things for him in his senior year, and I think he's ready. His game really grew between two years, so I'm also excited to see him um, in his senior year. And sorry, Chris Mack, we didn't mean to overlook you, and that was my we fault. We were going to overlook him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew that we hadn't gotten we him need yet. To, we need to touch on Chris <laughs> yeah. McNeely. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with C-Mac, too. You know, he had an injury right before our training camp started, 
and uh, he's still bouncing back from that. He's going to be fine. He just uh, I forget exactly who somebody banged into him, and it scared us. I think we were all a little bit scared standing in practice, but he ended up being fine. And our our doctors and sports medicine guys done a great job. He's back out on the floor, maybe not quite as fully aggressive today as he will be when our season starts. Uh, but he's just an excellent all-around player, and he's a confidence guy. You know, you saw our whole, every, all of our fans saw his confidence surging at the end of last season, and you know that culminated obviously in him getting named to the uh, All-Conference Tournament team. I expect him to pick up where he left off last year. You know, we don't have to demand that he score for our team, uh, but he does have the ability to do different things than some of our other players do. Um, and and it seems like I'm talking about the offensive side a lot of the time before the defensive side, but what he brings us defensively is, is maybe more important because he he can create deflections and steals and offensive opportunities for us with what he can do defensively. And last year, the people who watched closely could see that we moved him to guard Casper Ware, the player of the year in our conference in the last game, and Chris shut him down. And mm-hmm. uh didn't let him didn't let him have the ball in any of his sweet spots and you know we're going to need Chris to take on a role like that defensively really in every game we play and um, and also to be someone who's a go-to guy for us at times on offense i think he's ready to do both you know he's shooting the ball really well his mid-range game is much improved, and he got contact lenses, so now he's going to make more layups. We did hear about the contact yeah. <laughs> lenses from Damon last year. I, and I think I, I really do think that that's a factor. I think that his vision being better gives him more confidence, especially finishing basketballs around the hole. Very quickly, let's just touch on the schedule. You're at UCLA. You're at USC. Yeah. You have Southern Miss, who was a um, NCAA qualifier last year. You have LSU. Mm-hmm. Talk about the non-conference portion of your schedule very quickly. Well, I mean, obviously it's a difficult schedule. And uh, we knew that, you know, we, uh, it's really difficult. I mean, it's, it's, it's so difficult that, that I worry, you know, what our, our record may be like going into the, uh, in, into the conference season. You know, I worry about that, I guess, on a personal level and, and for the mentality of my guys. I think it's gonna make, there's no question it's going to make us stronger. And, and what we know we need to do is be at our competitive best when Big, Big West play starts. I think we'll be that. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm not confident in our ability to, to rise up and, and hopefully knock off a few of those teams. Um, we have a team that is balanced. We have a team that um, is together and has good chemistry, and we have a team with some, you know, with some experience. So uh, we got a number of elements that would lead you to think that we ought to be able to, to, to play well in some of these games and hopefully win them. I'm especially excited about our opportunity to play Nevada um, November 10th at the Brent Center. I hope that that will be a game that our, our students and our university community will really come out and support. They're an excellent team. Uh, I think that'll be a great test for us and hopefully an opportunity for us to create a basketball home court environment that'll be really special and can lead to some strength for us in that area during the conference season. But we've also got LSU coming in here in December when the students aren't here. Um, but I think that's another opportunity for basketball fans in Orange County to see us against a high-quality opponent, and I'm excited for that. I'm going to twist your arm and put you on the spot a little bit, but if you were starting the schedule today, who would be your starting five? <laughs> Good question. Um, <laughs> and probably something that a lot of people are curious about. You know, it would be hard after a week of practice to not go with my four seniors and somebody. And C-Mac's been a little bit hurt, and that would mean we start a small team if we started him too, but I don't know. And, and I think that's you know it's a little bit of a dodge, but I really don't know. And I don't think that this year necessarily we're going to start the same group 
over and over again like I've wanted to do in the past. I think this year's team's very different. We have depth in this team and we have a different we have the ability to play different ways. And we've had a lot of discussions as a staff about how we're going to manage that question, who's going to start and what's going to be required for our team is that different guys make sacrifices at different times. You know, hopefully we'll have all 16 guys available to us every game. Uh, that likely won't be the case. You know, one of the strengths of this team should be its depth and our ability, you know, to to match up differently with different teams is one that I'm really excited about. And we've got a lot of different guys who can contribute in different ways. And once we do have everybody 100%, um, it, that'll be a tough question is who starts. It'll be an even tougher question who finishes. And that's uh, what I'll remind you matters more, you know, is who we got, the, who we got in the game there at the end. Uh, but we'll have five good players, you know, both at the start and the finish. Who they'll be, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, Russ, I want to thank you for being so candid. We're going to come take a short break and come back with you uh, for a couple of questions about you personally. Um, So fans, stick with us. We'll be right back with Russ Turner. Hey fans, this is Julie Brooks, head coach of the women's golf team. Be sure to friend Peter the Anteater on Facebook this season. Peter keeps all of his friends updated on all UC Irvine athletic games and events. Search Peter Ant and add him today. And we're back with Russ Turner. Coach, um, your birthday's coming up. Yeah. And I'm told you dunk on your birthday. Only if I get a lot of gifts. <laughs> I heard that's an annual tradition, though, for you. Uh, you, you know, are you going to dunk this year? It, well, it has been, mm-hmm. uh, but as as everybody knows, every year gets a little bit more difficult. It is Wednesday, and uh, I have not dunked it in a while. Last time I, I last time I dunked it was because a recruit and his AAU coach challenged me to do it, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy target that way i'll take that bait post every time on a challenge and i tried and tried and tried and was really lucky not to hurt myself but i did get (laughs) one in there eventually well i talked to a friend of yours from when your time at golden state and i asked him (laughs) he told me about this and i asked him if he had noticed that your vertical was decreasing or not and he said no so i wanted to ask you yeah your vertical still the same well, I don't have a vertical. <laughs> you don't have a vertical. No, I, I don't have. A, I got a kickstand on one, on one <laughs> of my legs. You know, I got one leg that I can jump off of. So, vertical is when you, in my mind, is when you jump off two feet. I don't. I can't jump like the volleyball guys. But off one leg, I can still, for whatever reason, I can still get up just high enough to to throw one in there. And at least I think I can. I always say that it's harder to come down than it is get up there. <laughs> and uh, that's what I worry about when I try it. Um, you're in year three. At UCI, what have been some of the biggest challenges or changes you've discovered about yourself as a coach? <laughs> well, there have been a lot of them. Um, you know, I mean, the hardest, I guess the hardest part, um, as I sit here momentarily reflect, um, the hardest part my first year was just, you know, I, I look back and I, I marvel at the ego that I brought to this thing, you know, and, and how hard it was for me to struggle. And, you know, that's normal, I think. What I figured out, that's normal. And, uh, and and I think I've evolved through a little bit of that. You know, I still got an ego. You can't be in this business without that. Um, but I think that um, my perspective maybe is a little bit better, I hope. Um, I think I've I've learned to be more patient with college players. You know, that's a big adjustment coming from dealing with NBA players who understand and have been more thoroughly coached um, for longer, you know, and, and I was probably 
so demanding on that first group that 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 wore them down you know and last year i don't think we did that i think we were better last year with that you got to always be demanding in order to get a high level performance out of people but i think that we we as a staff we figured that out a little bit last year and we're better um i think i figured out you know how to be a a college basketball coach you know it's not just basketball i tell people all the time that you know NBA basketball is different than college basketball. Men's college basketball is different than women's college basketball. High school basketball is different than all that. And figuring out how to be how how to be good at the level where you are with the people you're working with is really the only thing you ought to worry about. And uh, I've gotten better at all that. And I think I'm I'm real confident with my staff now. And that's a that's a credit to them. Um, you know, building my confidence in them. I think I've I've grown to utilize them better, and that everybody on my staff and in our team will benefit from that. Uh, and that's a big thing, you know, and I guess that's enough for now. I mean, I, you know, it's mostly those things that I think about. I mean, really, you know, it's all for me about how can I do a, a better job with, with the group that I got. And we're clearly better this year in my third year than we were in my second year by a lot. And I think in our second year we were better by a lot than we were in my first year. And hopefully we can continue to that growth. We have one question from our Twitter feed from at KellyKathleen13, and she wanted to know what so far is your best memory being a coach at UC Irvine. Do you have one? Well, I mean, boy, that's a tough one. I guess, you know. Anything stand out? I mean, winning at Full- winning against Fullerton in a tournament last year was a great feeling. And uh, that that was easily the biggest win we've had. Um, and it was big in my mind because everybody on our team thought we could win that game. And I think thought we would win that game. And then we did. And then turning that around the next day and bringing that same feeling to the gym against Long Beach State, who was a really, really good team. You know those two days. That's that's the best two days that we've had here. I think um, that I've had here, and there were, there were some other good ones. You know, I mean, beating Long Beach State my first year was a lot of fun because they were really good, and we had a great crowd in that game. Um, you know, when my when my guys from the Warriors came back and watched us when we beat Seattle, that was another great memory. I mean, there've been a lot of them so far, uh, but you know, the truth is we have one near enough. You know, so I, I think that we've got a chance this year to kind of change the whole outlook, and that's what I'm excited about. When when I feel like that outlook has fully changed, I think that'll be the best. That'll be the best feeling, and that's what I guess I was referring to when I said I felt that last year. Coach, I want to thank you for being candid and for taking the time to be on the show. Fans, November third, exhibition game against Van, Vanguard, and then they open. Don't it worry up, about that one. And then they open it against Nevada, and we want to all see you there. Everybody come to Nevada. Russ, thanks for being on the show. Fans, we'll be right back with Michelle Park from the women's golf team. This is head coach Russ Turner of the men's basketball program, and you're listening to the Blue and Gold Report on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And fans, welcome back to the Blue and Gold Report. We're joined today by Michelle Park, senior golfer on the women's team. Michelle, thanks for coming by. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, Top 10 finish, you finished tied for second at the tournament in Washington, none of us know how to actually say this tournament name, so mm-hmm. we're just going to call it the tournament at Sahali <laughs> yeah, uh, for, for Washington <laughs> fans who who could be listening. Sorry, we never got the name pronunciation. But Michelle, talk about the tournament and you know how that all played out for you. Yeah, um, well, it was actually a really good tournament for me, and it was our second tournament of the season, and so um, going in, I was a bit nervous, I guess, just because I didn't know how I was going to play, but it ended up being an 
18, 18, 18, three day mm-hmm. instead of a usual 36, 18. So I was actually just telling myself to take it easy. And I had three days to just um, take it slow rather than going straight into 36, 18. And so um, we actually played our practice round and the course was really difficult just because the fairways are really narrow and so that was kind of nerve-wracking at first because I was like oh no like what if I don't hit it like right, less in- room to miss yeah and so I was kind of panicking but I think you just get used to it and I was just telling myself um just one shot at a time and so that course just one hole can really screw you up so mm-hmm. it was just really important to stay in the present and not think about the future so I think that's what I was able to do and so I was able to you know, play well there, so it was good. Is there more pressure for you when it's a thirty-six eighteen? Is that harder for a golfer as, as opposed to when it's stretched out, like you said, eight, uh, three eighteen? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's hard mentally just because we're gone the whole day, and so if thirty-six, we'll probably be there at wake up at five and get out probably at like get back into bed probably eight p.m. And so just playing golf maybe ten to twelve hours straight is really like mentally hard, and so. I think that's just the hard part. And physically, too, you know, we're carrying our bags. We're walking everything. We don't have push carts or or we don't have um, the right to ride the, the carts. carts. So, yeah, I think that's harder. But I think it's just you have to prepare before you go in that, like, you prepare your game, like, your mental mm-hmm. game. And so, yeah. Um, is that an NCAA rule, no carts? Or is that tournament no, to tournament? It's not. Some Some courses where it's hard to walk will get to drive a cart. But usually we don't. They usually make us walk. So, Well, it was a tough field. Six teams were in the top 50 in the nation. Uh, who did you play with? Uh, which teams did you play with? And, you know, did it change every day? And It did change. I think the first day we played with Fresno and I can't remember. But it wasn't the top schools, top ranked schools. And then the second and third day we were able to play with the top ranked schools because we were playing well. And so... It was really good because it, it showed us that, you know, we have the game to compete at that level. And so it was really, I guess, motivating to continue to, you know, practice so that we can play better throughout the season. Now you're off to Hawaii. Yeah. Lucky. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else want to go to Hawaii? I'd love to go to Hawaii. <laughs> Alex wants to go to Hawaii. Coach Brooks, um, if you have room on your in your entourage, <laughs> yeah. Alex and I are available. Um, have you played there before? I haven't. Um, not- what, do you, what do you know about the course? I know nothing about the course, actually. <laughs> we I've never heard of it, so we'll see when we get there. Um, what are the strengths of your game? I guess my strength would be probably my iron shots. I don't usually miss much. I'll probably just be fairway on the green, and so that would just be probably my biggest strength. And what, what are, what's your, your vulnerabilities? What areas of your game are you wanting to work on this yeah. year? My short game, probably mostly my putting, just because I have a lot of chances at birdie and so just um I've been really working on my putting and chipping as well with coach and so it's have it's you, getting better have you seen a big improvement from last year to this year on your um, short game yeah I have I think just because I've been trying different shots now and so just um before I would just be sticking to one kind of shot but now with coach and stuff I'm trying to work on different type of shots so it's been helping uh do you work with Jane Chin who is the assistant coach Right now, no, just um, because she hasn't really been able to come up because she's working too. But um, we have Megan, a new assistant, and so she's been helping a lot. And she's a good, um, she's good for our team, so it's been good. What has Megan brought to the team? I think, uh, well, she's studying sports psychology, and Mm -hmm. so in the beginning of the year, we took like a 
personality test, which helped because we got to see um, who who goes well with each other, like the teammates wise and stuff. And so that was good. And I think she's just really positive impact. She's always there in the morning to help us and always there when we need um, you know help. And she knows a lot of golf knowledge too. And so it's been helpful just to have her around. You got to do something pretty you know unusual last yeah. <laughs> summer. You went on an Asia tour. Mm-hmm. Who did you go with? You know, which countries did you hit? Talk about that. Yeah. Well, there was nine of us from different Division One schools all over the world. And so, or not all over the country. <laughs> and so. Um, but you went all over the world. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Japan first, Korea, and then Hong Kong. And it was really just um, kind of for fun, I guess. But you go out there and you play with, um, in Japan, we were in like the military base and so we kind of helped them raise money to build a softball field or something and so we just played like exhibition tournaments and just it was more having fun with each other and just seeing you know culture outside of america as well as the golf courses out there so did you play with any of the members of the military or was it just just your group oh no we did um the first the first tournament we actually played there was with the military so we were able to play with um military men stationed out there in Japan and so they shared with us their experience and it was really cool to just see that. That had to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was really fun and I'd I, be intimidated actually playing with against <laughs> military people. Yeah, no, they're, they're really nice and they loved golf so just constantly talking about golf and it was just really fun just playing with them. How was their knowledge? Were they um, pretty knowledgeable or were they were they just picking your brains? They're, they're just fun. They're just having fun but they were they knew a lot of um about golf and stuff so they would always ask me like about this golfer and so it was really cool um and you also went to korea yeah and what was korea like it was it was good we weren't there for too long and it was busy there just because we were there for i think like four days and we played golf like three out of those four days but it was really cool so um the golf courses there were much nicer and so we had caddies and carts and everything so it was really nice i have to s- I have to ask did you go to gangnam yes we did, <laughs> you did really <laughs> so yes fans gangnam <laughs> is an actual place in south korea what is gangnam like it's it's like the beverly hills of korea i think okay but is it really beverly hills is it beverly hills it's it's yeah it no it's really nice it's like the nicer area and mm-hmm. so we were there a lot. We were well because we were um, li- like staying at the hotel near Gangnam, and uh-huh. so we would drive by Gangnam, and there's all these nice cars, and so all the girls are saying like, "Oh, Korea is so much better than Japan," just because you know everything was nice. But I was like, "No, this is like the rich neighborhood." But it is it is where all the uh, you know high end stuff are. So, and you actually went before the song came out. So <laughs> you, you know, little did we know that you were actually going to go to the place. <laughs> um, and Hong Kong, what's Hong Kong like? It. Hong Kong was actually really neat. It was one of my favorite places just because I've never been there. And it really was kind of like East meets West because they're Asian, but they also have uh, Western culture there, too. And English was also one of their first link, like one of their national languages. So so they have the most Western influence. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was just easier to communicate there, mm-hmm. too. And so all of us were just relieved by the time we got to Hong Kong because it was like, OK, we can communicate now. And so wait, you don't speak Korean? I do, but... But were you the only one? Yeah, I was the only one. Oh, so, so the girls the were having a trouble time. Yeah, oh. but in Hong Kong, it was just a lot more 
relief like feeling. Did anyone speak Japanese? Were you able to get around in Japan or was that difficult? No, it, there's actually a funny story in Japan that I'll tell you, but um, none of them really speak English. Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the day, one of the nights we, uh, we actually went out to go eat dinner because we had free time and we stayed at um, at Camp Zama, which is the military base. And so we went to the nearest restaurant, which is right next door. And we thought they would speak English, but they ha- they couldn't speak anything at all. And so we were trying to order food, and we are trying to order water. And so we were like, oh, can we have water? And he didn't understand me. <laughs> and so we were just like, okay, we'll just get Coke, Coca-Cola. Uh-huh. And then one of the girls really wanted water, and so she was trying to order it like she was just doing all these hand movements like water and you know <laughs> and then eventually she brought out a water bottle and then he was like oh like water <laughs> their, their pronunciation is really like it's right there's no r yeah and right. so we we're just like laughing and so it was just a fun like a fun time trying to order food and it was just something different a little cultural so, exchange yeah right? like i thought it would be easier for me just because i am asian but it was still hard and it was hard to understand what like they can understand me too so was there uh a lo- for the, a lot of the girls was it their first time in asia yeah it was it was there was only two of, well one of the other girls was from thailand so mm-hmm her and me were the only Asians and everyone else it was their first time so wow. it was a good experience for them what was their impression of Asia do you remember they, no it, it, I mean there had to be a lot of adjustment for them yeah I think they enjoyed it a lot and they were saying how this is so different than what America is like because a lot of them actually haven't been out of the country mm-hmm. and so they just really enjoyed their experience and we just had a good group of girls that just got along so it just made the trip even better how did that trip kind of get you ready for this year because mm-hmm. honestly you know, I've known you for a couple of years yeah. now and you definitely came back and there's a change you were mm-hmm. a bit more mature a bit more <laughs> comfortable and confident uh-huh. um is yeah. that true would you agree with that yeah no I I do I think just I was able to play so much golf over the summer and I was actually enjoying my time so when I got back I was actually more motivated to you know keep going and keep practicing and so it I think it helps to just it's my senior year and so I want to make it a good year and it's it's just been very comfortable for for me so really quickly I'm going to talk about you guys your team has Mm -hmm. this unusual quirk Mm -hmm. you go out and find snails and name them Gary (laughs) (laughs) what is that about (laughs) and yes I've been talking to your teammates and that's where I got the information but yes you guys Uh go out and find snails and name them Gary (laughs) no um I actually don't know how that started, but I think maybe my sophomore year was Taryn, Ronnie, and me we were playing a practice round or something, and there just happened to be a lot of snails, and someone just started calling it Gary. And so from I now, think that's from SpongeBob, right? Yeah, yep. SpongeBob. And so from now on, whenever we see a snail in the morning, we're just like, oh, Gary. And we just, yeah, it's just a little fun thing, I guess, in the morning. Do you all do it now, or is it still just the three of you? I think just, well, now we've kind of, um, the Lucy, the freshman, has actually caught on, too. And so, yeah, I think it's getting on to everyone, but, yeah. Um, you know, really quickly, let's just, you know, you touched on Lucy Ann, who's mm-hmm. new this year. And mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about Lucy Ann and Brenna. Mm-hmm. And um, how good do you think they're going to be for UC Irvine Golf in the future? Uh, definitely really good. Um, they just have so much potential, both of them. And... They're just um, really hard workers, too, and definitely right now they're just upper um, underclassmen, but they're playing really well, too, so 
definitely a lot of potential within them the next two years. Well, Michelle, you guys have um, Hawaii coming up, and then you're on break, but you have the entire spring schedule. Yeah. Um, going for a Big West title, who's your biggest competition this year? Uh, right now would be UC Davis. They're, I think, ranked top five in the country. And so we actually just played with them at um, Sahali, the Washington tournament. And so um, they'll probably be our biggest competition, but... And that's know, been a rivalry for a couple of years. Yeah, you it, guys have been head to head. It has, it has. But um, yeah, there's definitely potential this year, and you know, just playing with them also last week helped us to see you know how good they are, and so hopefully that motivates us to you know continue working hard. But they also got to see how good you guys are. Yeah, that's yeah. true. They did. <laughs> so they see that. So we're they there. might be a little bit intimidated <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah. Um, well, you know, good luck this spring. Mm-hmm. You know, we love Julie Brooks. <laughs> we love Jane. We love Megan. We love all you guys. Um, <laughs> Best of luck to you, and we really hope that you have a great spring season. Okay, thank you. Thanks. That was Michelle Park. We'll be right back for a quick update on women and men's soccer. We'll be right back on the Blue and Gold Report. Hi, Anteater fans. This is David Niffin, head coach of the men's volleyball team. Are you interested in receiving information about UC Irvine Athletics? Sign up for the A-List, an email news service that is completely free to our fans. We'll send information and special offers to you about the Anteater sports you follow giving you the news when you want it. Visit UCIrvineSports.com and click on the A-List logo to join. And we're back with the Blue and Gold Report. We turn our attention for a brief segment with our UC Irvine soccer guru, Alex Croto, the sports information director for the men's and women's soccer teams. Alex, thanks for joining us. Suddenly I'm a soccer guru. You are the soccer guru. Um, let's let's delve right into the women's side. Uh Big win for the Anteaters against Long Beach State, double OT. Controversial call, from what I'm told, a handball, but it was a handball, and Rachel Wood puts away the PK. Um, how big was that game? Well, it's a huge game because UCI and Long Beach, especially women's soccer, they butt heads every year. And it's the black and blue. And it's the, the there's a stat you were telling me earlier that they haven't scored against us since 2006 in the regular season. Even though they get us in the postseason, it's there's always that. But Long Beach has is a really good team this year, and we'd finally been working up. And yeah, it, it worked out the other night, getting the win in the with 55 seconds left in the double overtime. And I didn't hear much about the call. I heard about the play, um, but from what I know, I guess handball penalty kick. That's how it goes, and and somebody had to. Had to get some the better end of it. Well, the controversy controversy part of it came from the Twitter feed. Actually, I saw Barry Faulkner from the Daily Pilot who was at the game, and he kind of mentioned it was, you know, it could be called, it could not be called. It's all a matter of intent with soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Game's over. One zero. UC Irvine wins. Now they're tied for second um, at five one and one with Cal State Northridge. Cal Poly, of course, leading right now with a five one and two record by virtue of their 750 win percentage. Uh, but a big game for the Anteaters again because they're playing Cal State Northridge this week. It's huge. They're in the driver's seat. Uh, whoever wins that game will at least get a spot in the tournament. Uh, even a draw would set them up really well. But Northridge is really good. They've been playing a tough schedule, and they beat really good teams. They are they tied with Portland and Tennessee. Uh, they And I think they still play Long Beach uh, Long Beach's last, or no, no, uh, Northridge's last two games are against us and Long Beach, and so they are, and they're right at the top with everybody. But um, 
UCI only needs to win the one at least, at least one win to get in uh, with Northridge on Friday and Hawaii on Sunday. Well, and it, it's kind of bunched up at the top of the standings because Cal Poly first with 17 points, UC Irvine, Northridge with 16, and Fullerton right behind at 15. Um, Fullerton at Davis, Northridge again playing UC Irvine. So you fans come out and support that support the women's soccer team at um, Friday at seven. Yes, and uh, Hawaii versus Long Beach State Riverside at Pacific. Um, that might not have much of a bearing on the standings, but Long Beach State's still trying to crack that they're top out, four. They're out of the top four right now, and they can definitely win. Uh, but they are going to need some help. Fullerton is right in the driver's seat, and they beat them earlier in the year, so it should be an interesting weekend. What's been the biggest difference that you've seen? You know, we talked briefly with um, Jackie Samus a few weeks ago. Uh, a rough non-conference schedule, but they've kind of come on in in the Big West. What's been the biggest change? They did have a rough schedule, and it was interesting talking to Scott earlier in the week. He before the season. They had every play. They had 29 players on the team. Every one of them submitted a lineup who they think they should start, mm-hmm. and they got 23 different lineups. And he was saying that's kind of where the team was. They weren't 100% sure of themselves, and as the season's gone, they figured it out. Rachel Wood is now playing defense, which is where she was before she came to UCI. Right, she was at North Carolina. They started her out on as a forward. Now she's defense, and they are now 5-1-1 one one in the conference. They beat Long Beach. They're, they're on a roll. So they're kind of figuring out where they, where everybody's playing, and there's a lot of stability, so it's helping them out. What's What's been the result of that battle in the net? I mean, between Jen Randazzo and Corey Tobin, who's kind of taken ownership of that spot? Co- Corey has taken the reins, I guess. She was hurt earlier, so that kind of led to that. She's played most of the Big West games. Uh, most of it actually is probably going to go with Rachel Wood and Haley O'Brien in the defense because they've only given up I think it's 19 shots on goal Wow! through the Big West schedule. The closest team, I think Fullerton, has given up 29 or 30. So wow, there's that's a, a phenomenal big, stat. There's a big difference. So Corey hasn't really been tested that much. She she did make a really good save in the second half uh, to keep the game scoreless against Long Beach. But it's good to know that that first line of defense is holding up. And even if it breaks down a little bit, you have a really good goalkeeper. And even her backup, they've been testing each other and... You know, one of them's going to get the job done. Um, in your mind, is Friday's game the game? Is that going to determine? Is everything going to shake out after that day? It it should shake out after that day, at least for one of the teams, uh, unless there's a draw, which could obviously happen. Northridge has had five this year, and uh, besides the fact that they're both really good teams, and that's going to be huge for getting a team. Maybe one of them one of them's definitely not going to win the conference tournament, so a win there would be huge for at-large and trying to get in and sneak a second or maybe even third Big West team in there. And Sunday is senior day, UC Irvine against Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, how good's Hawaii? Hawaii played, I guess they're not, I wouldn't say they had a soft non-conference schedule. They had uh, they very winnable games, and they did win them. Uh, they came into Big West and kind of struggled, but this last weekend... They they really turned it on. They played Cal Poly tough when they when they did play them. They technically still are alive to make the tournament, but they're always an interesting team. They came in last year and had us on the ropes. So yeah, that was def- a great game. Definitely not going to be a gimme, uh, and it should be a fun for Senior Day as well. Um, very quickly, we're running out of time, but the men go to Louisville, and they are ranked 
21st in the nation. They are? Um, that's a big test for them. It is. They all, the last couple of years, they've liked to go out of state and get somebody non-conference in there. Uh, they did last year with Creighton. But it's kind of a, it's going to be a change-up because they've had a rough time in the Big West, but this could be a catalyst since they're still in it. They, they're only 1-6-0, and but they... They're right in the race because Riverside and Fullerton are both within striking distance, and they're going to play them again. But uh, it's always fun to get out and, and change it up a little bit going to Louisville. Um, UC Irvine plays Fullerton on Saturday. Is that home? That's at Fullerton. Oh, that's at Fullerton. They only so. have the last uh, home game is going to be on Halloween, which is a senior night against Riverside, and that's going to be a big game. So uh, hopefully the crowd can can get into that as well and bring some atmosphere. So UC Irvine, lots of soccer still left, although we are winding down the regular season portion of the schedules. Fans, if you haven't seen the soccer teams, come out and support them. Alex, thanks for joining us for the soccer segment. Always. We'll be right back to wrap up things on the Blue and Gold Report. Eater Nation, this is Trevor Croneman, head coach of the men's tennis team. Join the UCI men's tennis Twitter sphere and get the inside information on Eater Tennis all year long. Follow us at UCI Men's Tennis. And welcome back to the Blue and Gold Report. Coming up this week in Anteater Athletics, Scott Juniper and the women's soccer team, still in the hunt for a Big West regular season title, will host Cal State Northridge and Hawaii this Friday and Saturday. The Anteaters kick off action against the Matadors at 7 o'clock and take on the Rainbow Wahine at 2, and that's senior day. So come out and celebrate our seniors on Sunday if you can't make it out Friday. Paula Weissoff and the women's volleyball team also host Cal State Northridge in Hawaii this week in Big West action. UCI faces Cal State Northridge Friday and Hawaii Saturday at Crawford Court with first serve for both matches scheduled for 7 o'clock. Both matches this week are sponsored by Active Ankle. George Kuntz and the men's soccer team travel to Louisville in a non-conference game Wednesday at 4 and then return to the OC to meet cross-county rival Cal State Fullerton Saturday at 7 on the campus of Cal State Fullerton. Mark Hunt and the men's water polo team take on USC at Anteater Pool Thursday at 7 and then hit the road to go to Stanford Saturday for a 12 p.m. match. Fans Big West Championship action is this weekend as the men's and women's cross-country teams compete for the conference title Saturday at the UC Riverside Agricultural Operations Course. And mark your calendars because we are seven. Count them seven days away from the first UC Irvine basketball game. Doug Oliver and the women's basketball team host Cal State San Marcos in an exhibition game next Tuesday at 7 o'clock in the Bren Center. Eater Nation, if you want to know what's going on in UC Irvine Athletics, check the website at ucirvinesports.com. Athletics has also partnered with Vlogs, a free and easy-to-use calendar tool that sends your favorite UCI team schedules and updates to your phone or computer. You'll never miss a match if you vlog, so check it out by clicking on the Multimedia tab at ucirvinesports.com. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for sticking with us through the show. I'm Fumi Kimura, and on behalf of KUCI and UC Irvine Athletics, we thank you for listening.